Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good Monday morning. Asia-Pacific markets are starting the week off on a strong note, though in Sydney, the Australian Securities Exchange has had to halt trading due to market data issues. We're going to get into that in just a while. The ASX 200 was up about one and a quarter percent when the trade stoppage came into effect. Tokyo and Seoul, meanwhile, both up more than one percent in early trade. In Tokyo, automotive shares are doing particularly well. Nissan, Mazda, Mitsubishi, all up 3 to 4%. Joining me now to discuss market action is Ryan Huang. How's the weekend? Michelle, morning. So it's pretty good over the weekend. Had a very good rest. How about you? Oh, just terrific. I feel the same way. Invigorated. Went for many walks, ate great food, and am ready to get the week started. So let's go. Trading on the Australian Securities Exchange, I understand, came to an abrupt halt this morning, just minutes after the open. The exchange cites, a quote, market data issues. So Ryan, what do we know about why trading has halted and when it might resume? Yeah, so we don't have a lot of details yet. What we know so far is that, like you pointed out, there are market data issues and the SX has apologised for the disruption and say they are trying to get it fixed as soon as possible. Mm. So it's pretty much the latest snag, I guess, for the operator of the XX because in the past month, they've also rolled out a new website for the XX and that has also come in for a lot of feedback, negative feedback, a lot of complaints about how the design has been not so good and some of the features that investors were used to are now missing. So they are getting quite a bit of flack, have been getting quite a bit of flack in the past month and this is just another headache for it. But they are saying uh, they will try to give an update in the next half an hour or so. Uh, so fingers crossed that we will get it back online. But just worth noting, it was up trading for half an hour and mm-hmm. there was a pretty good start. It was up 1.3% in the opening half an hour And that was near a one-month high. All right, so we're still waiting for the reason for the sudden stoppage. That should come in during this show. We'll keep an eye out for you. Next up, two prominent individuals, one in the US, one in the UK. They need to quarantine because of COVID-19 exposure. One is among the richest men in the world and the other is a head of government. So solve the puzzle for the listener. Who are the two figures? All right, I think they're both rich in their own way. So Elon Musk, one of the richest tech Titans and Boris Johnson, one of the more colourful politicians we have. So they have been, well, advised to be quarantined over the weekend. Mm-mm, that's absolutely right. I want to start with Musk. Uh, he says he most likely has a moderate case of COVID-19. He did one of those rapid tests. Mm. Seems to be quite sceptical of the results of those tests. He's also clearly downplaying the virus itself. So what has he said? Yeah, it's quite interesting. Elon Musk actually got tested four times and two of them were negative, two of them are positive. So on the safe side, he is trying to keep himself isolated. So uh, what's happening if uh, with um, Elon Musk is he's saying, you know, I tested positive and negative. So how accurate are these tests? So he's trying to uh, get a more accurate PCR test. That is the one that's more accurate and will take a test sent to the lab in terms of the um, samples, Mm. and that takes a longer time. So he is trying to get that done. 
So as a result of his COVID-19 exposure, at least two out of four of those tests said yes, Musk missed a historic moment for his SpaceX company. Just 45 minutes ago, the Crew-1 mm. mission launched four astronauts aboard SpaceX on a ride to the International Space Station. And this is the first time that a privately owned rocket has been used to launch astronauts into space. It's also just the second time in nearly a decade that astronauts have ridden into orbit from the U.S. So SpaceX, we know, is a privately held company. Musk doesn't have any intention of taking it public soon. But if someone did want to invest in space, uh, what are some ways they could do it? Yeah, so invest in the next frontier. Hmm. So a couple of things you could look at, hmm. and these are mainly in the US. So you can look at what's trading on the New York Stock Exchange. Virgin Galactic, Richard Branson, someone who's really an adventurer. He has also a space kind of um, investment. And this is around a tourism venture where down the road, you and I could maybe take a rocket up into space and take a look at the moon, go around the orbit. So that is something that's in the pipeline, Virgin Galactic. And there is a long waiting list of around 1,000 people who have signed up. So that is something down the line that you could try to bet your prospects or investments on. Uh, Maxa Technologies is another play. So this is a play around satellites and digital imagery. So Mm. this is actually the company that supplies many of the pictures and images to Google Maps. And this is something used every day. So something that could be um, close to your heart, I guess, something you have a regular touch point with. And it also has customers in the form of government and commercial entities. So it's quite diversified in that sense. And one last one to look at could be Aerojet Rocket Dine. So this is one focused on building rocket engines to get astronauts and satellites into orbit and beyond. So quite a few adventurous <laughs> investments to consider. That is so interesting. Thank you for that. Meanwhile, back to SpaceX, just for a moment, mm. Morgan Stanley estimates that the company will one day be worth $100 billion US dollars. That's a lot. Now back to the COVID-19 quiz. The second prominent individual in quarantine this weekend, as, as you heard earlier, is UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson. He spent three days in ICU in April after contacting the virus. This time, though, it looks like Johnson is simply taking a precaution, right? I have to say, with the Brexit headache that he's having, he's probably trying to hide away from as many people as he can. So self-isolation is what the doctor is ordering after he met an MP who tested positive for COVID-19. And that MP was um, someone called Lee Anderson. So he tested positive and Mm. he spent about 35 minutes with this MP. So this is interesting because he, Boris Johnson, uh, was supposed to be making a critical announcement about his um, plans for the UK economy as well as COVID-19. In fact, Mm. he was supposed to meet up with his Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, to devise a spending review on what they need to do or focus on to help build up the UK, UK economy to bounce back once again. So that is, I guess, a bit of an unfortunate timing that his um, meetings now have to kind of be uh, made more complicated. Mm. Also, sort of an apt metaphor of the UK dealing with the resurgence of the virus, given that he's experienced it before, right? Mm. 
Goodness me. All right. The UK also currently under lockdown. All non-essential activities are barred for the second time. The lockdown is due to expire early December. In the US, the number of COVID-19 cases has topped 11 million people. US President-elect Joe Biden's transition team would like to be able to start coordinating with the federal government agencies, but it can't do that as US President Donald Trump has refused to concede the election. Ryan, what are steps that Biden's team are taking instead? Yeah, so in order to meet up with the federal employees, he needs to be recognised by the administrations, the General Services Administration, so the GSA. So that is still not being done. Um, So that needs to happen. So in the meantime, he is going about to do what he can do, and that is meet up with the manufacturing companies, Mm. Pfizer especially. Uh, Of course, we've been bouncing off the back of the progress on Pfizer's um, vaccine news. Mm -hmm. So they are now trying to work out what could be the manufacturing and distributing challenges. So this, of course, will be a big one. And someone framed it up very nicely. It's great to have a vaccine, but vaccines don't save lives. Vaccinations save lives. So you need people to be vaccinated. And you have to remember that the Pfizer vaccine has a lot of logistical challenges. You need to store it at minus 70 degrees Celsius. And how many people have fridges, even hospitals, who can keep such a huge quantity and at such a low temperature? So that is a huge logistical um, challenge. And you have to get these doses to people on the ground, some in remote or rural places. Mm -hmm. And that is something I think that he has his work cut off for him. And he's going to meet up with all these manufacturing players to help, I guess, get the thing, get the wheels rolling at least before he gets recognised officially. Meanwhile, in Singapore, a committee has been put together to decide how the, who gets the, vi- the vaccination first, you know, how those lines form up. So that was breaking news this morning. Mm. In corporate news, there were a number of earnings-related announcements over the weekend. So we're going to run through them game show style. I'll give you a company and you tell us how they're doing, okay? Let's go. Emirates, when might it be profitable again? All right, that's a tough one. But um, they do have rather strong backing and that is the Dubai government. And this is after it was down $3.4 billion in terms of losses tipping it into its first half-year loss in more than 30 years. So it has really strong backing and it's also in talks to help with the um, supply network for hmm. the vaccine, um, I guess, picture. So that is something that could also help it to boost. But I, I guess it's very tough to call this one because the outlook for aviation is so uncertain. Absolutely spot on. Emirates President Tim Clark noting cash is king. And he's told CNBC he's focused on keeping the company's cash position in good shape so that the carrier can re-enter markets when the time is right. Next up, Cathay Cineplex's owner, MM2. Okay, MM2, I think you like and I and many people have not been able to visit the cinemas in recent months, yeah. and especially during CB. Mm. So it was one of the reasons why MM2 Asia, which owns Cathay, sank into the red in the first six months of its financial year. And this was on the losses of cinema and events. So that loss came in at $22.4 million. Wow, that's a lot. The company is hoping, though, that improved COVID-19 outlooks in China, in Hong Kong and Taiwan will give a boost to its business. Next, dormitory operator Centurion. Okay, so you've got Centurion's third quarter revenue down because of its student housing operations in Australia Mm. and Britain. And this is even though 
contributions from the worker accommodations held steady. So all in, the numbers came in for turnover down 11.2% to $29.4 million. So this was a business update, so it didn't give the details around its earnings. Mm. The group has noted, though, that's one attender to lease and manage four new quick-build dormitories in Singapore. That's expected to be completed first quarter of 2021. Next up, Gunting Singapore. Okay, so Gunting Singapore continuing to experience weak demand at Resorts World Sentosa. And this is even after opening um, its doors there since July. And if you look at the business update, it did have some good news. It swam back into the black with a profit of $54.4 million. That is after a net loss in the, pre- in the prior quarter of $164 million. But year on year, it is still down by 66%. Revenue is down by half, $301 million. There are a couple of things to look forward to. Mm. You have Gunting reiterating his commitment to its $4.5 billion mega expansion plan. This was announced last year. Mm-hmm. And is also keenly exploring... Japan, and this is the integrated resort operating, oper, uh, opportunity in Yokohama as part of its strategy to diversify into other markets. Shares of Gunting Singapore are down about 20% over the past year, though. Let's turn to markets now and the week ahead. The S&P 500 posted a record high on Friday. The Dow had a good week as well, rallying 4% last week, also hitting an intraday record. What are the futures markets indicating for this week? Okay, it's looking good. And mm. if I look at what's happening for the Dow... It is likely to open higher by around 200 points, and that is up by 0.6%. S&P 500 futures in the green by 0.7%. NASDAQ seems to be outperforming on the futures front right now, up 0.9%. So there is likely to be a bit bit of a still tug of war between value and growth stocks this week. But most most signs are pointing that there will be a, I guess, feel-good bounce coming out of the weekend, especially with the RCEP signing. That is the world's largest trade deal. And that is involving ASEAN members, 10 of them, plus five big economies, China, Japan, South Korea, Australia, and New Zealand. So that is going to be bright prospects for many sectors in these countries. We've got tariff elimination across um, 90% of goods being traded. You've got a lot of uh, streamlining of processes. So that is great news down the road for many companies involved in these sectors. Mm, Accounting for 30% of the world's trade. Incredible. Let's check in on the local market now. Last week was a bullish one for Singapore blue chips. The Straits Times Index rose 5%, closing out at 27.11. How is it starting off this week? Okay, across the region, it is riding a wave of green right now. Mm. And right now, if I look at what's happening in Korea... Mm -hmm. Things are higher by over 1%. And it's worth pointing out that Big Hit Entertainment's IPO, uh, that one-month lockup expires today. Even despite that, its stock price is still up by 3% at 165,000 won. That is above its IPO price of 135,000, but below its day one opening price of 270,000 won. In Japan, you've got markets lifted over 1% by the better-than-expected third-quarter GDP estimates, rebounding 21.4% year-on-year after a plunge of over 28%. And back home, looking at what we have, it was off the back of a two-day losing streak. Mm -hmm. On Monday, it is up by 1.1%, 2,742 on the STI. And some of the stocks uh, we are tracking, uh, SETS on Friday was one of the top performers, and that ground handler was up on Friday because of its news that it will be handling 
vaccines to help, I guess, um, transport it and handle it on the ground. And that is now extending Friday's gains in the green by 2.3%. And you've got other usual big names, DBS up by 1.6%, leading the banks to continue. Uh, last week's pretty good um, progress. Gunting Singapore, we were talking about it. It is up 8% on the back of, I guess, its optimism on what's likely to uh, materialize down the road. All right, he's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. This is Market View. I'm going to continue to keep a lookout on the ASX for you. The equity market currently paused, no trading, uh, while authorities investigate market data issues, they say. We're hoping to get uh, some sense of the origin of this latest trading disruption in, in the next half an hour. So stay with us. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.